BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, your official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us once again here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets score another big win. They're 5-2 to start the season after a 125-113 victory victory over the Portland Trailblazers. We're going to break down this game, what it means for the squad as they're on the precipice of a pretty long road trip against some very good, high-quality competition. So this is really a big win. It's also win number 100 in the Hornets head coaching career of James Borrego. We'll talk about that milestone being met. And it's also a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets will meet up with the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. We'll start to preview that game as well. Helping me on all these topics, he's my my producer on the Hornets radio network, Rob Longo. And Rob, Hornets score a big win, 125 to 113. Six different players score in double figures. The team collectively makes 23s while shooting 47% from deep. Just unreal. And I might add, 36 assists handed out on 46 made baskets. A spectacular display of team offensive basketball from the number one offensive team thus far in the NBA. I think by James Borrego's standards, this is probably as close to a perfect game as you can get, right? I mean, they always aim for at least 30 plus assists. They're always looking to shoot lights out from beyond the arc, obviously. And, you know, what more can you ask for? I thought the defense was pretty good last night as well. You know, I don't know if Damian Lillard's just off to a slow start or if the Hornets defense was was able to stymie him, but 5 of 20 from the floor, 2 of 14 from three-point land. I mean, there were a couple times where Cody Martin got a hand up and got a couple of tips, and there were a couple of other deflections, and the Hornets as a whole were making it difficult for Portland to score. So, you know, as bad as the shooting percentage and the numbers look for Damian Lillard through the first couple of games for the Trailblazers, I think the Hornets had a little bit to do with it last night as well. Just overall, a very good game, especially offensively, which, of course, like you mentioned, makes sense considering they're the number one offense in the association right now. Yeah, the Hornets did a a decent 
decent job of turning things up defensively. I think this is one of the nights where the offense just kind of kicked it into another gear back-to-back 36-point quarter is tying for the season high for points in a quarter twice, and they do it in one half of basketball. To your point, Dame Lillard, uh, an off night, only 14 points, as you mentioned, 2 of 14 from 3. He is off to a slow start this year. This isn't going to last. He's averaged 28, roughly, points per game over the last six years. He's not going to be scoring south of 20 much more often, so take advantage of it while you can, I guess. Hornets able to and win 125 to 113. couple of notable things about this game. I mentioned six different Hornets were in double figures for it. One of them was Terry Rozier. 14 points and really, when you think about it, his first real game of the season. Yes, he played in Cleveland game two of the regular season. He was working his way back from an ankle sprain and that one didn't look to be completely 100%. Seemed to be almost testing that ankle a little bit. Certainly healthy enough to play, but wasn't firing in all cylinders. Then he twists the other ankle and it was out for four games. So now finally, he's back in the fold had a really nice start to the game, good first quarter, got this team off and running, and Terry talked after the game about making his return at the Hive. I feel good being out there with my brothers, man. I guess it's been a long time coming. Not really, but felt like it, just the competitive side of myself. But I'm just glad we was on the win column tonight. Terry Rozier, 4 of 10 from the field, 4 for 9 from beyond the arc, and he ends up with 14 points in 33 minutes. This is a big step for the Hornets, and I said it a couple of times on the pregame show on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ, and during the broadcast, as much as it's big to get a a player of the caliber of Terry Rozier back in your starting lineup, it might be just as big for the Hornets because of the ripple effect down the roster. You take Kelly Oubre Jr., who was really, really good in a starter's role, roughly scoring what Terry Rozier contributed last night, and you push him to the bench where he becomes that lead scorer for the second unit. He gets, in theory, maybe a weaker defensive matchup from the other side, taking on another team's reserve. And what does he do with it? He went off last night. Lamelo the rebound, quickly up the floor to Oubre. Oubre stops at the arc, fires the three, got another one! Kelly Oubre Jr., a Hornets high 26. Ended up getting passed for that Hornets high. Lamelo Ball finished the game with 27, but 26 points, a season best for Kelly Oubre Jr., 6 of 11 from beyond the arc, and he probably left a 30-point game at the free throw line because he went 4 for 8 from the stripe, but overall a fantastic effort, and I think this is part of the package here for the Hornets when you get Terry Rozier back and get this team to full strength. It's not necessarily that Terry Rozier is going to score that much more than Kelly Oubre would in the starting lineup. I mean, that's just how good both those players are. Terry's giving you a little bit more based off what they have done over the last couple of years, but what Kelly Oubre is going to do over anyone else coming off the bench for the Hornets in terms of scoring the basketball. He is a difference maker and he made a big difference last night in the win over Portland. A lot of people emphasize the fact that who is in the starting lineup. A lot of people call it a demotion to the bench, but this isn't a demotion by any means, obviously, especially the way that the minutes are distributed because it doesn't really matter who starts. It matters who finishes the game. And Kelly Oubre finished strong last night. He finishes with 13 points in the fourth quarter alone, like you said, with those 26 total and efficient. I mean, 8 of 14 shooting, 6 of 11 from beyond the arc. Also had 7 rebounds and 5 assists, so he did a little bit of everything last night. But yeah, this is just going to take that bench scoring that's already been really high for the Hornets and 
it's just going to kick it up another notch. And PJ Washington having a really good game, having a perfect eight for eight from the floor, seventeen points. Bench scoring's been important so far for the Hornets, and last night was no different. It's almost hard to find like who your star of the night is because, as you mentioned, PJ Washington second game back off his injury, off the knee issue, and I think that's usually when you start to see a guy, at least historically for the Hornets last two years, that's when that jump has happened. First game back, it's almost like working your way back into the rotation, back into the feel of of the gameplay, and then game two is where we see the player back to their normal stuff. So, P.J. Washington game two was last night. Game two for Terry Rozier is tomorrow. Both those guys were in double figures. You mentioned Oubre, season high 26. Lamelo Ball had 27 points. Miles Bridges had a career high, nine assists to go with 19 points. Gordon Hayward, five for eight from the field, two for three from three, a plus 13 on the floor, 12 points, very efficient night. Everywhere you look, Hornets doing positive things on the hardwood. It was really the first time the entire team was available. Head coach James Borrego on what it looked like from his perspective. Well, we felt whole. It felt good to have our whole group back together. This is the group we envisioned, you know, all summer and that worked so hard. And as you know, Terry's a huge part of what we're doing here. He's in a lot of ways, the heart and soul of this group. He's one of them and his toughness, his leadership, his ability to make big shots has been missed, you know, but uh, it felt good. It felt good to have this group back together. We're whole again. We got to get better from here, but I like the balance and the versatility I saw. Well, hopefully the best is yet to come for the Hornets. They do have another game tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We will break that one down next, but we want to talk more about head coach James Borrego. It was win number 100 for him last night as the Hornets took down the Portland Trailblazers. We'll talk more about it next here on the Hornets Hivecast. I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Oubre to the corner. Bridges, 4-3. Yes! Miles Bridges gives the Hornets their largest lead of the night. They have struck the century mark 100-92. to Miles Bridges goes for 19 points, a career-best nine assists, and he was a team-best plus 22 on the floor in his 34 minutes of game play for the Charlotte Hornets. They took down Portland last night, 125-113. to Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets now are 5-2 and two on the season, off to one of their best seven-game starts in franchise history, and it was win number 100 for the career for head coach James Borrego as head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a milestone you hope you reach. Most coaches in, in their contracts are at least afforded enough games to possibly win 100 games, but whether or not they actually get there, it's a tough business being a head coach in any professional sports league, let alone the National Basketball Association. So it shouldn't be an assumption that you get to 100 wins. It is an accomplishment and one hard-earned by head coach James Borrego. Last night, win number 100, Rob Longo. What are your thoughts on uh, the milestone 
milestone having been met? Well earned. I mean, it was expected, obviously, a long time coming, even from last season. But yeah, you mentioned it. It's a tough business. I mean, it's a lot of what have you done for me lately? And a lot of times, you know, when something goes awry, whether it's a key injury or, you know, things just aren't working out, then you usually get the cord cut. And that's just kind of the nature of the beast. There's always a lot of turnover, especially in the association. And, you know, the way that James Borrego has been able to carry himself over these last couple of years, the adversity that he's had to face, especially with the way that the roster looked last season at the end of the year with all of the injuries, all of the COVID protocols, and still able to make the play-in tournament. I mean, I think one of those things where the Hornets last season were a top five team in the Eastern Conference before Gordon Hayward got hurt. But then Gordon Hayward got hurt, LaMelo Ball got hurt, and somehow that team was still able to tread into the play-in tournament. And I think a lot of people took that for granted just because of the success that they had early on. But a lot of that was because of James Borrego and the way that he coached. Credit to James Borrego for what he's been able to accomplish over the next couple of years. And, you know, like JB would probably say, you know, he would say, I'm grateful for this opportunity. I'm thankful for the 100, but, you know, it's on to Cleveland tonight. Only one player has been on the Hornets roster the entirety of JB's tenure here with the Hornets. That's Miles Bridges. After the game, I got a chance to talk to him and ask him what it meant for his head coach to pick up win number 100. It feels good, man. I mean, you see JB, he, he wants to get better as much as we want to get better. Um, so I'm just happy to see him having success. Uh, we, we want to keep this going. James Borrego, I think we're seeing him enter a new phase of his coaching career. The last couple of years, it's really been about building a program, which is not easy to do. There's a lot of coaches who have championship rings who, when it was time to reset their franchise for whatever reason, their superstars moving on or retiring or just you know the, the normal ebb and flow of the NBA, uh, we're not able to build it back a second time or we're not able to build it up a first time. And then there's other coaches who never get the opportunity to show what they can do with a winner. And this is now the opportunity after all that hard work over the last couple of years developing Miles Bridges, developing Cody Martin, developing P.J. Washington, on and on and on throughout this roster. Now you add in some veteran pieces and it's time to see what they can do. And right out of the gates, not only are the Hornets 5-2, and two, which is impressive, they're the number one offense in the entire NBA right now. And if you go back and you think about it, too, a coach has to be set up for success, too. So a cap tip to Mitch Kupchak and what he's been able to build here, you know, making sure that James Borrego has the pieces to succeed, because that's half the battle. I mean, if you look at some of the situations around the association, like, you know, I hate to pick on a team like OKC, but the way that they are set up, they are not set up for success right now. They are playing the long game. And if you're the coach for Oklahoma City, I mean, I kind of feel bad because, you know, the team is just kind of set up for failure. And what does that do for your job security and that sort of of stuff. You just don't have the resources to work well. I mean, if you look at other organizations like a Milwaukee where they drafted a guy like Giannis and they went through several coaches to finally get the right fit. I mean, it is very hard to set up that success long term. And I guess it's not really much surprise that James Borrego is the guy that has been able to achieve this success from the ground up to what we're hoping is the ascension into the promised land, I guess, for lack of a better term, considering that, you know, he learned under the great Greg Popovich and he learned under that system where San Antonio has done such a great job developing their own talent year in and year out as well. I mean, if you just think back to the Tim Duncan and David Robinson days and all the way up through the mid-2000s as well. That team was mostly homegrown. So, you know, the fact that James Borrego was able to learn that system, apply it here, 
get the perfect fit with a general manager like Mitch Kupchak, able to get the pieces like a Lamella Ball and like a Gordon Hayward. It just seems like it's a perfect storm forming right now here in Charlotte. At the end of the day, I think coaches should be judged a little bit less off of their individual wins and losses and more on how that number compares to the general expectations. And you look over the last couple of seasons, the record JB's clubs have posted compared to what the experts air quotes, prophesized that they would do, JB and the Hornets have surpassed those expectations year after year, and they are starting on the right track to doing that again. Five and two out of the gates, win number 100 in the books. Hey, let's see him get 150 this year. How about that? That'd be a great season for Charlotte, maybe even more here in this 2021-2022 campaign. Hornets going for career win with the Hornets, number 101 for James Borrego tonight. They'll take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. We'll preview that one for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all your information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Feel great. We came in together and said we're fully healthy. Uh, it's always a great feeling when you got all your soldiers out there. So, like I said, man, I'm just glad we pulled it out. We got a quick turnaround. We got another one tomorrow before we get on the road. So hopefully we could just keep this going. That's Terry Rozier after one game back from his ankle injury. Looked really good out there for the Hornets, and he's hoping that he and his teammates can keep this thing rolling into game two of a back-to-back. They'll take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, who quite frankly have been one of the better defensive teams so far this season. They wrecked up back-to-back wins over a very high-quality opposition and were able to do so without allowing 100 points and without scoring 100 points themselves. So this is not going to be an easy test by any stretch for the Hornets even though they did get a win earlier this season against Cleveland 123 to 112 but again right after that this Cleveland team beat the Atlanta Hawks holding them to under 100 points beat the Denver Nuggets on the road held them under 100 points and then beat the LA Clippers on the road held them under 100 points so not a team to be trifled with Rob uh, game two of the season series against the Cavs your thoughts on the matchup on night two of a back-to-back always a little tougher facing this team the second time around obviously on a back-to-back too certainly doesn't help but you know like we mentioned at the end of last night's postgame show Cleveland's gonna in a weird spot I mean they just took a West Coast trip they're starting to work their way back they were in Phoenix on Saturday so they get a day off but I don't know if that really helps or not I mean sure the lakes might be a little bit better but you also might be a little bit jet lag coming across a couple of time zones as well and if you take a look at that box score they lost 101-92 to Phoenix Kevin Love had a double-double he had 11 points and 12 rebounds Darius Garland's always a guy that can go off he was limited to 11 in that game. But the thing that I always look at this Cleveland team is they are extremely, extremely long. I mean, they start three seven-footers. So, you know, the size battle is going to be an issue again, too. They did have a lead up to 14 points. I think with this Cleveland team, it's just them trying to learn how to keep a lead and just kind of mature. And I don't want to say how to win, but they have a hard time closing out games. And I think the game in Cleveland for the second game of the season for the Hornets, that was kind of a good example of it. I mean, Hornets came out, they scored 36 points in the third quarter. Fourth quarter, it just seemed like Cleveland even kind of unraveled a little bit and turned the ball over a lot. And this team does turn over the ball a lot. They had 19 turnovers against Phoenix. So, you know, if you're able to kind of push the pace a little bit, play at your speed, because that second unit coming off the bench with guys like Ricky Rubio and Kevin Love, they're a little bit on the older side. They like to slow
slow the tempo down a little bit. So we know that Ish Smith likes to push the tempo in that second unit and the pace doesn't really fall off for the Hornets. So, you know, if Charlotte could kind of run Cleveland out of the gym a little bit too, you know, that would be something to see. But again, second night of a back-to-back, so it could be tough. Well, turning up the pace is all about LaMelo Ball. He had another fine performance last night in the win over the Portland Trailblazers. LaMelo Ball to his right. Step back three. On the way. Yes! Got it again! LaMelo Ball came into tonight averaging seven threes per home game on the season. He exits it averaging six threes per home game on the season. Not bad at all. Uh, He's averaging just over 27 points per game at home compared to 12 points per game on the road. Uh, He has really enjoyed playing inside Spectrum Center uh, and the team, by the way, uh, just using his option for his third year the other day so we know uh, at least another season like there was any doubt. But uh, formalities or otherwise doesn't matter. Still uh, good news to celebrate. LaMelo Ball will be inside Spectrum Center tonight night taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers and his pace of play has really helped this team. It's a big part of the reason why they're the number one team in the association when it comes to offense and his performances on his home floor have been remarkable. But I want to go back to a point you made about the size for Cleveland. That is the X factor to this. Two of their bigs have not played very well recently. Evan Mobley's last game was not good. Jarrett Allen's last couple of games in the paint were not good. Allen, he's a guy who's capable of giving it 20 and 20 just about any night he's that kind of gifted so even though he's had a couple of down games in a row you would never want to anticipate that that kind of trend would continue and Evan Mobley look he had his first bad game of his NBA career last night or the other night against Phoenix defending Western Conference champs so you know take that into consideration but he only scored two points prior to that though he had been in double figures each and every game of his NBA regular season career and has had a couple of double-doubles already and has had multiple multi-block games already. He's a really good defensive player, really good all-around player, and I think he... And the bigs for Cleveland really are the key, which makes the bigs for the Hornets the key. Mason Plumlee's an experienced guy. You definitely count on him in his center minutes to go toe-to-toe. The question is, what happens when he sits down? Recently, the Hornets have gotten a boost because P.J. Washington has recovered from his knee injury and been able to contribute. P.J. had a spectacular game last night, going 8-for-8 from the field, including sinking a 3, a season-best 17 points. But really, his role is as much about defense and filling that void there at that backup center position as it is about what he can contribute on offense. P.J. talked about his new role with the team after last night's win. Yeah, I mean, it's just basketball. Uh, we're all professionals. I come in and do my job every day, and I do what I'm supposed to do. So well, I'm doing whatever the coaches ask me to do, and I come in and I just try to, you know what I'm saying, perfect that. So this year I'm, I'm uh, playing backup center, and I'm just trying to come in and have good minutes and I help the team any way I can. He has certainly done that to this point. Started off the year a little bit on the low side from the shooting percentages, but he's only played in five games now, and after you go eight for eight, pretty sure those things are going to shoot up really, really quickly. Coming into last night, he was shooting, let's see here, he was shooting 32% from the field, and after going eight for eight, he's now shooting 47% from the field. So that is quite the jump, but a really gifted offensive player. We've always known that. And he's always been a really good help side defender as a big. But now in this kind of matchup against a really long Cleveland team with a lot of depth at that center position, these are going to be some big minutes tonight for P.J. Washington to go in there, help out when Plumlee's on the bench. Yes, he needs to continue to contribute offensively, but defensively he will be a key tonight.
Yeah, we saw that a little bit last night as well. He's able to hit a shot at one end of the floor, go all the way to the other end of the floor, and pull out a block as well. Passes inside. Washington, fall away with a left hand. Is good at the buzzer. 17 points for P.J. Washington, who's a perfect 8 for 8 from the field. And now he denies C.J. McCollum in the lane. What a rejection. Yeah, I mean, P.J. is one of those guys who can come out and stretch the floor to get those rim protectors away, get them kind of out of their comfort zone a little bit, because the three-point shooting is one way to defeat all of that length. I mean, if you can pull them out a little bit, sit in the perimeter, hit three-pointers like the Hornets were able to do last night, going 20-42 of 42 from beyond the arc, you don't expect that night in and night out, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. But if you can hit a couple early and kind of get those bigs moving a little bit out of the way, create those lanes to create you know, some cutters and some extra passes and get some guys moving around in the rotation defensively, you know, that's one way to take those seven-footers out of the game. One last thought on tonight's game and its importance. I think it is extremely important on two levels. One, the Hornets are about to hit the road here for a five-game road trip against all Western Conference opponents, and when you look through the standings right now in the West, I know it's early, four of those teams currently have 500 or better records. You've got the Golden State Warriors, who were 5-1. and one. You've got the Sacramento Kings. You've got the L.A. Lakers. You've got the Memphis Grizzlies. The only one who's under 500 is the L.A. Clippers. They were in the conference finals last year. So this is a very difficult road trip. It's also important because you know injuries are going to happen over the course of an 82-game season. So any stretch where you are at full strength, you need to take advantage of, especially when you're at home, especially when you're taking on a team that is seen by many as lesser than you in the projected standings and and probably a year behind in their overall development. I love the pieces Cleveland has, but a lot of the key ones are young still. The Hornets being at full strength, you want to take advantage of that right now and also knowing you're about to go on the road and the caliber of opposition is about to go up a notch or two you want to take advantage of both of those things while you can so hornets are going for win number six of the season they'll try and get to six and two try and get head coach james borrego to career hornets win number 101 and head out on to the western conference road trip on a high note that's going to do it for this edition of the hornets hivecast thanks to rob longo our producer for co-hosting this one and thanks of course to all of you for tuning in we hope you'll join us at the Hive tonight. It's a 7 o'clock tip time and after you're done listening to this podcast if it's right around 6, go ahead and tune in to the Hornets pregame show on our flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ. If it's not yet 6 p.m., set that alarm and then go ahead and listen to the pregame show there. I'll have the call at 7 as the Hornets take on the Cavs and then tomorrow we will have our postgame edition of the HHC. Till next time, for my producer Rob Longo and everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.